الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر ان الانسان لفي خسر الا الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نعمتان مغبون فيهما كثير من الناس الصحه والفراغ او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected ulama ikram brothers and elders allah taala out of his grace and mercy has kept us living till this moment to be able to witness this mubarak month which was the month that rasulullah sallallahu wasallam used to make dua to be living in when the moon of rajab used to be sighted two months before the month of ramadan the dua that the bees laasalam would make when sighting the moon of rajab allahumma barik lana fi rajabi wa sha'ban wa ballighna ramadan ya allah grant us barakat in the months of rajab and sha'ban and wa ballighna ramadan ya allah enable us to continue living life is going to certainly leave us one day we're going to have to leave this dunya ya allah now that the month of rajab has already come and we are already on the doorstep of this great month of ramadan keep us going at least till the month of ramadan has come and gone that this is such a great month that we want to be around still we want to witness this mubarak month we want to take the benefit of this great month so ya allah keep us around till then can we imagine that what can be the greatness of this mubarak month that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is expressing this deep eagerness this deep desire that ya allah life and the eagerness to meet allah taala that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam had nobody else could have come anywhere close to a fraction of a fraction of it but nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is so eager that i should meet allah taala after having at least taken the greatness of this mubarak month of ramadan because this will take me so much more closer to him allah's rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam showed so much of eagerness that ya allah keep me around at least till the month of ramadan Allah Taala has blessed us with this mubarak month we are in this month and so many days of this month we have been blessed with that we have had the opportunity of fasting of performing tarawih salah and all the various amal this is a very very great bounty of Allah Taala unfortunately sometimes these bounties get taken for granted and the true appreciation that is not shown for what a great favor Allah Taala has blessed us with that we are still around we have been blessed with the opportunity to be fasting to be performing the tarawih salah but whatever time has passed has already passed what time is still left that is the crucial thing that the days are ticking before a person knows it the day has started and then the day has finished and the next day has come how so many days of these last 10 days have passed one can't even imagine before we know it it will be already eid and then the ramzan will be like a memory just that has passed let us try and make the best of this time that's left the hadith sharif that is very well known and we've heard it repeatedly where rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam on one occasion came into the masjid and then he stood on the first step of the mimbar 
and he said, Ameen. And then he stood on the second step, and he said, Ameen. And then he stood on the third step, and he said, Ameen. And then he came down, and the Sahaba found this very, very unique. They inquired about it, that we never saw such a thing happening before. What is the meaning of this? So Rasulullah then responded and said, that Jibreel came to me. And he said, I will be making three du'as, actually three curses, and you must say Amin to it. And then he invoked three curses. And among the three curses was, one of it was, that Rarima Anfuhu, that that person who the month of Ramadan came to him, Falam Yughfarlah, the month of Ramadan, the opportunity Allah Ta'ala blessed him with, and all the time was available to now apply himself, but he conducted himself in such a careless manner, wasn't concerned about trying to apply himself, trying to take the maximum of this Mubarak month. He didn't make sincere toba, he didn't repent, didn't cry and shed tears to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, whatever past has happened, I'm sincerely repenting from that. Allah, you enable me to live my life now in your obedience. He did not do what was required of him to gain his forgiveness as a result of which the month of Ramadan passed and this great opportunity he lost in securing his forgiveness. This is such a great disaster that Jibreel is invoking the curse, may such a person be destroyed. And Rasulullah's amin upon it. Allah Ta'ala protect us from becoming victims of this. So this is a very, very crucial thing that we have these few moments left. It's not even much days we can count it as. We can say just a few moments left. But in these few moments we have to secure this maqfirat of ours. This is the object of this Mubarak month. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us that we become connected to Him. We become truly the slaves of Allah Ta'ala. And the starting point of that is the sincere tawbah. That when a person wants to get to Allah Ta'ala, then obviously he's going to have to start off by first clearing up all the obstacles. And the obstacles are the sins, the disobedience. That requires sincere tawbah, that firm pledge not to go back to those actions again, the remorse and regret over the past, and stopping all the vices that a person was involved in. This is the first step to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. And to achieve this great objective of Ramadan, the object of taqwa. So may Allah Ta'ala grant us a tawfiq, that we understand what time, what period of time we are in. That this is no ordinary time, this is not just something to just go past. We don't have to go past it. It's already going past us. We have to make use of it correctly. We have to utilize every moment to our benefit and advantage in a way that we earn Allah Ta'ala's treasure and we become His true and obedient servants. In the Surah of the Qur'an Sharif that was recited, this is a very, very short Surah of the Qur'an Sharif which we are all very familiar with and we perhaps recite it often in our Salah. In this surah is such a profound message and such a complete message that the very great jurist of his time, Imam Shafi Rahmatullahi, person of that caliber, person of that knowledge, that depth, and his statement is recorded in this regard. He says, if people truly pondered over the surah Asr alone and understood what is the, the message in it, that too would be sufficient for their guidance. In other words, this is encompassing everything that deen requires. So obviously the details will be elsewhere in the Quran Sharif, the details will be in the Hadith Sharif, but the crux of everything is in the Surah. 
and the person's objective that I need to be successful in dunya and akhirat, the whole group blueprint of that is in these few lines, in these two lines. Allah wa ta'ala in this surah starts off by taking an oath, taking a qasam, wal asr. Allah ta'ala is not in need of taking a qasam on anything. Allah ta'ala doesn't take a qasam like we take qasams to try and convince the person of our honesty in the matter, our truthfulness, that what I'm saying is correct, what I'm saying is true, I'm not speaking a lie. Allah Ta'ala is beyond that. Woman asdaqu min Who can be more truthful than Allah Ta'ala? Allah Ta'ala doesn't need to take any qasam to convince anybody about anything. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam on things, many many things in the Quran Sharif to highlight the importance of these things. These are not small things, these are very great things. And among those things Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam here on time. Wal asr. Again, the same aspect, we spoke just now about the month of Ramadan, this very auspicious time. Here again Allah Ta'ala is taking a qasam on time in general. Wal asr. Oath by time. What is the purpose of taking this oath on time? What is the message that is being highlighted? That this time is the capital of insan. This is the capital of this human being. Person is venturing out on some business. His biggest concern is that he must use the capital correctly. He mustn't lose the capital. The capital mustn't get destroyed. And if the capital is now going to be perishing, without benefit, then this is a major problem for him. So the person is very concerned that I must use my capital and invest it in a way that I earn the maximum profit. So now that business venture that he's getting into, he's taking every care that whatever has to be done must be done very well and he's doing all the marketing and he's doing whatever else is necessary in order to make that capital now earn the profit. But what is the capital of this insan really? The capital of this insan are these moments and seconds and milliseconds. And every time one second has passed, one part of this life of insan has passed. One part of his capital has passed. This life is a combination of seconds and minutes. Nothing else. That is what our life is all about. There is a fixed amount of time each one has come with. And each time one second has passed, it's one part of his life has gone. And eventually when that clock will tick to the point when that last second of hours has ticked, then that's the end of our capital. Now the question is what we are investing it in. Allah Ta'ala is highlighting this. Take, don't take it for granted. This is that capital doesn't wait for you. The other capital you'll take it and leave it aside for a day or two to think about what to do with it. You'll sometimes leave it for a month or two and inquire from people and consult people and do all kinds of research that where should I invest this capital. But the capital of time is waiting for nobody. That is ticking all the time. But now for us to think about that so many years have passed, all this time that has gone, how much of time I have had this opportunity, where did I spend this capital? Whatever time has passed, somebody is 20 years, somebody is 40 years, somebody is 60 years, that so much of my life has gone. One great personality, he one day, he sat to reflect, he was making muhasaba. He sat to reflect and he is taking stock of himself and he asked himself and some who were sitting in front of him, he asked them that what's my age now? He probably was more than well aware of his age but as a lesson he asked what's my age? So then maybe they knew or didn't know or whatever it is but then he explained I'm currently 61 years old, at that time he was 61 years old. 
So, then he says, 61 years. 61 years, how many days does this amount to? So, 61 years, how many days it amounts to that was calculated? 21 or 1000 or some figure of that amount. So, when this, probably this was never something that he reflected upon from that angle. That we always talk about, I'm so many years old, I'm 40 years old, 50 years old. Have we counted how many days Allah Ta'ala blessed us in that 40 years, in that 50 years? So when this came to his mind, that 21,000 days, and now he thought about it, that if every day I only committed Allah forbid one sin, so I've gathered 21,000 sins or whatever odd figure that might have been, so many sins on my head, if only one sin I committed, and I still haven't made Toba from it, what about if every day I was committing tens of sins? And Allah forbid hundreds of sins. Then what a kind of burden I've already placed on my head. This affected him so deeply. Suddenly they just heard a shriek. That was his, his really that deep fear of Allah Ta'ala in his heart. That there was suddenly a shriek. The person passed away. Out of this concern, how I'm going to meet Allah Ta'ala. Such people who truly their hearts are clean and clear, they have that fear. That how I'm going to meet Allah Ta'ala. This time I had 21,000 days, somebody had 30,000 days, somebody had 15,000 days. Can we think about it? 15,000 days Allah Ta'ala blessed us with, 20,000 days Allah Ta'ala blessed us with. In the 20,000 days, how much of amal have we gathered? In the 20,000 days, if we have been missing one salah per day, Allah forbid, can we imagine 20,000 salah we missed? In the 20,000 days, on the other side of it, if we were making one para of the Qur'an Sharif tilawat every day, you mean 20,000 paras in total. And if not 20, one para daily, one ruku daily, you mean 20,000 rukus in, in totality. Now this is that value of time, this is that capital of time. Either Allah forbid it's invested in the wrong places, in sin, in vice, in all kinds of evil, going to places of sin, then can we imagine each day the person is looking at some haram on his phone, and 10,000 days, 20,000 days are going. Can we imagine 20,000 days of that sin and vice? What kind of mountain of sins we gathering for ourselves? What we listening with, uh, to with our ears? What we talking with with our tongues? What we using our hands for? What we walking with towards? What we walking with with our feet? Can we imagine what's going on? 20,000 days, 30,000 days in our life. Allah Taala has blessed us to invest it in something that will earn the akhirat for us. And we are Allah forbid using it to invest it in things that are taking us towards Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy is nevertheless boundless and limitless. Out of this grace and mercy Allah Ta'ala gave us these special times, the special occasions, the month of Ramadan comes, other great occasions come. This is the time to make amends for the time that we have wasted and to put our life on track so that the time that's still left, that is not further wasted. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah Sallallahu says, "Ni'matani maghbunun fihima kathirun min nas There are two very great bounties of Allah Ta'ala, which most people are in deception about. Most people are in a deception. Ni'matan, two very great bounties. As-sihhatu wal-faragh. One is good health. And the other is, faragh, when a person, we may just term it for our purposes, free time. Good health, when a person is in a condition of health, he takes it for granted. Forget takes it, takes it for granted, he abuses it. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. That health, because he is now energetic 
and he can do things as he wishes. So now that health is used in things that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with, that health is now used, that strength, that vigor, whatever, is now used and channeled in things that earn a person the burden of sin. But when the time has come, and let alone that is far away, that's something the mu'min should never be thinking about. But many a times that health is there, a person can do so much more. But he's taken for granted tomorrow. It's not that he's committing some wrong, he's indulging in vice, but that time and that health is not being utilized correctly. Well, tomorrow, we'll see tomorrow. And that tomorrow carries on, that procrastination, from tomorrow I'll do more, from tomorrow I'll start reading more Quran Sharif, from tomorrow I'll start making Guru Sharif, from tomorrow I will start making and joining the efforts of deen, and tomorrow everything is tomorrow, and that time is seeking, the life is seeking, so that health, the person takes it for granted. Now suddenly, Allah forbid, illness comes, or oh, now the age has advanced, now the person no more has that strength, he no more has that ability to do many things, now he's wishing that I had done so much in my earlier days, I had done so much in my youth, but that time has passed. So those of us have that health, and everyone has some degree of health, this Allah Ta'ala's very great bounty, that health has to be appreciated and used in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. And the other is that that time that is available, that time which is not preoccupied, because sometimes such situations come about, that a person becomes so preoccupied with whatever the circumstances are, he can't think for anything else. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us, people who are in war-torn areas, people who are in dire circumstances, the whole day and night goes around trying to sort their problems out and get something done to get this probably earn maybe the bread for the day or whatever other circumstances may be. Allah Ta'ala has protected us from such situations. That is a very great ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. That time now and that safety from becoming preoccupied in such things that consume our whole mind and heart and consume our time, that time now has to be utilized in a way that we get closer to Allah Ta'ala. So this Mubarak month of Ramadan Allah Ta'ala gave us for this. So Allah Ta'ala is taking an oath on this time, wal-as. This is one of the aspects, this highlighting this importance of time. And there were those personalities who truly understood what is the value of this time. One very great muhaddith, he used to be writing hadith the whole day and recording hadith. Hafiz ibn Hajar wrote the commentary of Bukhari Sharif in 17 or 18 great volumes. And besides that, voluminous works of hadith. So the person engrossed the whole time in this great occupation of an involvement of Hadith Sharif. Then every now and again he had to be stopping to sharpen that reed pen. But as soon as he would stop to sharpen the reed pen, now that will take a minute or two. He would immediately start reciting, Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Wala ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar. He says, while I was busy writing, my mind was occupied in that writing obviously. So I couldn't be engaging in some zikr verbally at that time. But now I'm busy sharpening this pen, so now I'm not writing anything. So why should I waste this moment and just, whereas that sharpening that pen was also because it was for the sake of writing hadith, that too would be counted in ibadat. That too would have been counted and be rewarded for. But he was so conscious of the value of the sign, that while busy with the sharpening of this pen, I can be reciting the greatest of zikrs of Allah Ta'ala. Afzalul zikr this is. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wala ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. On each of these tasbihat, a person is planting a tree for himself in Jannat, as mentioned in one hadith sharif. Why should I deprive myself of this? Those who understood the value of time, this is how they use their time. 
And this is just one incident out of many, many incidents of those who understood the value of time and how they used it correctly. So Allah Ta'ala is taking this oath on time. And together with that, that this time is the witness. This time is the witness of all the things that have happened in the past. So Allah Ta'ala is taking an oath on this time that take a lesson from this time and take a lesson from what it, had, it has witnessed. It has witnessed all the rise and fall of people who succeeded and who failed. So look back and see those who succeeded, how they succeeded. What did they do in life? Did they just live a very careless life? Live just chasing after their passions and desires? Live in a way that they were just heedless of the akhirat? Heedless of the commands of Allah? Is this how they succeeded? No, they didn't succeed in that manner. They were very conscious of their time, conscious of their obligations to Allah Ta'ala, conscious of their akhirat, working towards their akhirat. As a result, Allah Ta'ala gave them izzat and honor in dunya. Allah Ta'ala made their dunya also a place of peace and contentment for them. And like the sahaba ikram, Allah Ta'ala endorsed their jannat for them while they were walking on this earth. Because they understood the value of time. And they took the lesson from the witness of time. And those who were destroyed, in the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about people who were destroyed. Fir'aun was destroyed. Haman was destroyed. Qarun was destroyed. And all the other, over time, people who have been destroyed in dunya and they destroyed their akhirat as well. What was the bottom line? The bottom line was this heedlessness. This complete heedlessness, lack of any concern about the akhirat. Where am I heading to? This is a very, very precious life Allah Ta'ala has given me. I need to use this life correctly. All that was far away from them. What was the end result? They thought life will carry on forever. They thought I can do what I want and do how I want it. And who is there to stop me? It's my life. I will do as I wish. But for how long? That day came finally. And that day came when people saw how they had left empty-handed also. And all that influence, that power, that whatever might they had. And all that empires that they had built. And everything got left behind. And they went empty-handed in the grave. So Allah Ta'ala is telling us, take this lesson from this witness of time. That the whole of humanity is in a total loss. That if the person hasn't understood where this capital has to be invested, then he's in a loss. The person was given the capital, thousand, hundred thousand rand, one million rand, and then he went and invested it in a dead investment, something that was a complete failure from before it started. And now people come and tell him and rebuke him, that you went and wasted your whole capital, you went and wasted all your life savings. Oh, Allah forbid if he borrowed it from somebody, obviously without interest, because that's completely haram, that will earn the lanat of Allah Ta'ala. But he borrowed that money, on top of that he went and wasted it. Now he's put himself in an even greater problem. The whole world will rebuke him. Can we imagine the capital of time, the person now uses it incorrectly, Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ Who's going to be saved from this loss? Allah Ta'ala then describes that, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ Those who have these four aspects in their lives. Now this is that full blueprint of our life. And every mu'min has to inculcate this in his life. He wants to be successful in dunya and akhirat. He has an objective. People who have an objective, then they understand what, how they must use their life. A genuine businessman, he knows his objective. He must make that business prosper. He must earn a profit. He must make it work for him. So now he is working at it. And his time is being used very uh, constructively. He is doing whatever is required. He is sorting the customers out. 
he's attending to the suppliers, he's looking at how everything is happening on the floor, and all, every department he's worried about, and every moment he's concerned. Why? Because he has an objective in front of him. This business must prosper. The person studying, I must get my degree at the end of this whole exercise, so now he's burning the midnight oil, and he's undertaking so much of sacrifices, and sacrificing the leisures and pleasures, because there's an objective in front of him. But the person doesn't have any objective, then he wastes his time. We are supposed to have the greatest objective because our objective is beyond dunya. Our objective is to reach akhirat safely. To reach jannat. And Allah Ta'ala grant us jannatul firdaus. But we continue our life as if we have no objective. As if there is absolutely no purpose in life. That the purpose of life has become wake up in the morning, eat, drink, work, entertain yourself and go back to sleep. And the person is a little bit more conscious than fit in salah somewhere. Otherwise, just that one routine and just that same cycle. No, no, we have a very, very sublime purpose. We have to meet Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. We want to try and get to Jannat. And we want to try and attain Jannatul Firdaus. We have a purpose. So to get to that purpose, Allah Ta'ala is giving us the, the manner of getting there. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Except those who have Iman. That is the most important thing. And the greatest wealth Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, we have to protect this with our lives. That till the last breath Allah Ta'ala keep us steadfast on this Iman. Then we want to get to Jannah directly. We don't want to go through any other process of cleansing. Through Jahannam Allah forbid. So Allah Ta'ala is saying you want to get to Jannah directly, then together with the Iman, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Righteous actions. Those who do righteous actions. Righteous actions, all the faraiz, the five daily salah. That must never be compromised. Salah with jama'ah, that is also wajib. A person without a valid reason should not omit the jama'ah. But that salah is the most important aspect of our life. MashaAllah, the month of Ramadan, we all become more conscious. And Allah forbid if a person prior to Ramadan was neglecting some salah. The month of Ramadan comes, he also starts performing all his salah. That momentum should continue. And we should make up for the qaza of the past as well. That this month of Ramadan has come... And after the month of Ramadan is gone, our salah is gone. That is a very tragic situation. So this salah, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Together with the salah, all the other righteous actions and refraining from all the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. So this is iman and amal salihah. Throughout the Quran Sharif you'll find both are coupled side by side. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Those are iman and amal salihah. They will get this direct entry into Jannah. And then together with that Allah Ta'ala says, وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ And they enjoin the truth on one another. This too is the duty of every believer, every mu'min, that he should be encouraging one another towards righteousness. Our family members, our friends, our colleagues, not that we become the opposite of it. That we are sometimes enticing people to join us in haram. The person didn't even have that inclination, we are trying to now grab somebody else along with us and take him to some haram place. Or we are even going to the extent, don't worry, I'll buy the ticket for you. And we're trying to get others involved in sin and vice. What a terrible thing this is, that on the one hand, we ourselves are destroying our lives, and then taking others also, we'll bear our sin, we'll bear the sin of others we've taken as well. And that person will have to bear his own consequences as well. So, we have to become those who enjoy the right on one another, encourage one another towards righteousness, in our homes, encouraging our families towards righteousness, having the ta'aleem in our homes, so that this becomes a means of encouragement for everybody to become more conscious of amal 
and be punctual on their salah, be making zikr of Allah wa ta'ala, be reciting the Quran Sharif, and in this way encouraging others as well, our extended family, one and all, to the extent that we can, and within our capacity, to be encouraging one another and joining the right on one another. This is a duty on every believer. Allah Ta'ala is saying, without this a person is in loss. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالصَّبْرِ And they enjoin patience upon one another. This patience, the month of Ramadan, Rasulullah Sallallahu said, وَهُوَ شَهْرُ الصَّبْرِ This is the month of sabr. What is the sabr? One is teaching a sabr in itself. The person is fasting. MashaAllah, we are enjoying the very cool winter fast. Yeah, other parts of the world at this time, the fasts are 15 hours, 18 hours, and it's summer. So, mashallah, the people are still fasting. So, it's teaching the person sabr, that you must learn to be patient, learn to be tolerant, that the time of the iftar will come. Yeah, yes, you're feeling the hunger, feeling the thirst, but be patient. But more than that, it's teaching the person sabr ala ta'at, that in order to fulfill the commands of Allah Ta'ala, if there is some kind of resistance from the nafs sometimes, there is some other obstacle, you make sabr on that. And you make sure you do what is required. Sabr. That now you are fasting, but you are not breaking that fast. You are alone in your home. You are alone somewhere. And the thirst is very, very intense. Allah is watching. Allah is aware. For the Allah who we are fasting, for the same Allah, we must fast from all sin all our life. Now we are fasting from food and drink which is halal, for the cause of the fast. After the time of Isar comes in, it will be perfectly permissible for us to eat the halal food, have the halal drink. But now during the day, it's haram for us. So for the Allah who we are fasting and refraining from the halal food and drink during the course of Ramadan, during the days of Ramadan, for the same Allah will refrain from the, all the vices and sin. For the same Allah will refrain from zina. For the same Allah will refrain from zina of the eyes. Will refrain from ghibad. Will refrain from lying will refrain from listening to music, will refrain from going to the gambling dens, from going to all the places of vice and sin. And for the same Allah, will fast from every sin all our life. That is the azam, that is the determination we have to make. This is what Ramadan has come to give us. The sabr ala ta'at, and sabr anil ma'asi, which also got included in here, that staying away from every sin, despite the temptation to make sabr, and not give in to that temptation. So this is so shahru sabr, this month is teaching us the sabr. We need to continue with the sabr thereafter. So Allah Ta'ala says that we enjoy the sabr on one another. We encourage the sabr. When the sahaba would meet, very often two people would meet, before they part, one of the two would recite this whole surah to the other. That this is such comprehensive advice. There's the advice for you. You take this advice as a reminder for me as well. This is a reminder for all of us. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us a tawfiq that whatever time is left in this Mubarak month, we use it correctly. We out of the grace of Allah Ta'ala, earn our forgiveness, let us take to heart this message of time that the Qur'an Sharif is giving us. And after the month of Ramadan as well, let us appreciate this time, use it in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, and save ourselves from all the disobedience. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'awana alhamdulillah.